Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. Have you ever tried to explain NFTs to someone, but they just couldn't get it? Whether it is that the tech is too complicated or they just weren't listening to you, I can definitely say finding the right or the perfect analogy to explain these things to other people is really the key. And one of the best examples that I've heard was using the analogy of a used car. Now, I wish I could take full credit for this, but this thought was actually sparked by Ashley and Danielle of the Fame Lady Squad. They also have From the Blockchain podcast. So today we are going to discuss why a used car is one of the best analogies to explain Web3, NFTs, and the blockchain to someone a listing for an online sale of a used car. Of course, you go to this listing, whether it is on Craigslist or it is on eBay or some sort of third-party marketplace. There's just so many of them right now that I can't even think of all of them. But as far as the original ones, as far as where people go to list their cars online, that was the ones that was being used through the 90s and 2000s. So people are very familiar with these. Now on that listing, you're going to see the photograph of that vehicle. So a lot of people will often refer to NFTs as just being you're buying JPEGs. The analogy that I would like to use for the JPEGs or the photo of that particular NFT is the photograph of the car. Generally speaking, anyone that understands that there is a listing, and honestly, it doesn't even have to be on the internet. It could be in the newspaper if you want to go that far back for the classified ads, the photograph of the vehicle is not what is for sale. That is just a representation, a visual representation of what is actually for sale. What is actually being sold in that price of whatever it is that is listed for is the actual machinery, right? The actual automobile. And in the case of the NFTs, that would be the utility. Now, in the case of the vehicle, obviously, we know the utility is a, a transport vehicle that's going to get you from point A or point B, either the people or the things that you're trying to move. And ideally, that is what's being sold. It's not even so much the metal and the steel and the rubber and plastic and glass and all those different things. What is actually being sold is that mobilization and all the different things that can be done with that vehicle. So it could be going out for recreation, getting from house to work, moving the children children around, or in the case of if it is a commercial vehicle, moving the goods in order to be able to create profit, generate business uh, activity and so forth and whatnot. And no one in their right mind would ever say it is the photograph or the JPEG that is being sold. And another beautiful thing about explaining how each of these vehicles are very different is when you think of the fact that these automobiles are coming off an assembly line, there are so many different ones. However, each of them is unique with its own history and has very different valuables. And I like to think of one of our customers. He actually drives a 1990s Toyota Crown. And this thing is in immaculate condition. Absolutely amazing. I have a much newer vehicle and I've had multiple vehicles since this gentleman has been driving around this vehicle and none of them are in pristine condition as this. Honestly, looks like dust never touches this thing. It is always shiny. It is always spick and span. Absolutely clean on the inside. He even has these little doily things or whatever you want to call it. It's like crochet that is spread across the seat so that way uh, there is no soiling or anything like of that nature. And I can just imagine you cannot 
not eat or drink in his vehicle. And we like to joke about it. We'll even think that, you know, probably he takes off his shoes before he gets in this vehicle. Because honestly, if you look on this, it looks like it is on the showroom of a automobile store or an automobile dealer back in 1993 or whenever this thing uh, was originally sold. Now, if you find another 1990s crown, it is not going to look anywhere near this. And not just the visual appearance, because that could also just be the outside. But as far as the maintenance of this vehicle, I'm pretty sure this gentleman has been given his regular oil changes, the brakes, shocks, everything underneath the hood is just very up to date. Spark plugs, all these different things. I'm pretty sure he probably has a log just documenting every single thing. So if I was supposed to just find a random crown, and bring it to this gentleman, there's no way that he would exchange these things for it because they are completely different. So although they came off the assembly line looking exactly the same, in this case, there is no way that the two would ever have the same value. And that is what non-fungibility is. A vehicle coming off looks the same physically. So that could be something like a collectible pack such over at Wax where they're doing different editions of the same looking NFT. And it's much like a baseball card or a football card or you look over on NBA Top Shots or what they're doing with NFL. Those things actually look the same and there's multiple editions. There's copies of it. However, each one has a own history and its own record as far as how it's being kept. And in this case, to identify which one it is, in a vehicle, it would be the VIN, the vehicle identification number. But in NFTs, we would call that the token ID. So that is the specific number. You'll see, let's say, Bored Apes number 2214 or anyone for that matter. The actual number that is identifying that specific NFT. And in many cases with these generative projects, each of them look absolutely different different because it's how it's being generated. However, those ones that I mentioned, such as the NBA Top Shots and the Wax Packs and the baseball cards that are digital at this point, they might look exactly the same. But again, that VIN number or the token ID is what's going to separate each one, the history that's also behind it. And a good way to really explain what the ledger is, because a lot of people will speak about the ledger being the record that is kept on the blockchain, is thinking of like a Carfax. In the United States, there is a service or a business that you might see commercials for. It says, well, did you get the Carfax for the vehicle? And what that actually has is a record of all of the accidents or all of the uh, different uh, incidents that the was reported for that specific vehicle. A central record for each VIN number for that vehicle is also stored and it is tracked and traveled. So if you're getting ready to purchase a used vehicle, if you go to that service and you track the VIN number, you can see when it was into those accidents and the traffic reports and all those different things. And that cannot be changed by the third party or the owner, whoever's trying to sell it to try to push out the value. So that is a good analogy or a record because a ledger is simply that it is a record. And when it comes to bookkeeping of a business and all those accounts receivables and all those different things. The ledger is that big old school book that kept all of that. Now we live in a digital age where everything is in accounting software and what have you, but this is what it is. It is the digital record of those transactions. Now, a lot of people might be saying, okay, so far you're trying to use this as an analogy, but you're using classified ads in the newspaper. You're using accounting records as a book or even accounting software to use that example. So why does this have to be Web3? Why does this have to be NFTs and all these different things when we have been using this stuff literally for hundreds of years at this point, newspaper ads and all of that stuff, that is nothing new. So what's so special about this whole Web3 NFT space and why is there even a distinction? The 
big distinction between the Web 2 and the Web 3 is that in the case of that Carfax, all those records that would be associated with that vehicle, the accidents and so forth, and even if there is a digital record, let's say at the car dealership, the original manufacturer dealership, with the maintenance records, all of those things cannot be fudged by the seller. However, since it is a central record, it is dependent on that bookkeeper, if you will. So in the case of the Carfax, that company that is maintaining that has a centralized record of it. Or if it is, let's say, a, a driving record or something of that nature, the state or the government would be keeping that. In the case of the maintenance logs with that dealership, the dealership would be keeping that on their computers, on their servers. And that is basically an illustration of Web 2, where everything is centrally located. The difference now with Web 3 and what separates us from all that I have just mentioned is that Web 3, these records, the ledger is actually the blockchain. There is no paper, there is no file that is centrally located on some government server or a business server in an office and solely dependent on that one party keeping the record and making sure everything is legitimate. Because the problem with that is that it could be compromised in the sense that let's say for whatever reason, the government or that business, their servers go down. Or in the case that someone that has direct access to these files goes back and edits it, whether intentionally or for fraudulent reasons, because it is centrally located, there really is only one specific source in order to manipulate to be able to change those numbers. So just giving an example, let's say someone owns a specific vehicle and they happen to work for the dealership, right? So they got their vehicle from this specific dealership and they wanted to make it look like the records of far as all the maintenance and everything that was going into it was a lot better than what they're actually reporting. Because obviously when they go to resell this, it's going to make it look a lot better that the oil was changed regularly, the brakes and all those different things, that whole ownership path could be altered as far as just going on to that dealership's server and changing the records, putting in a few extra dates and saying that, yes, all these checks, everything has been done and it is up to standard. Therefore, if you purchase this from someone, it is perfectly fine. That is not the case on the blockchain or even in the, the case of the Carfax or whatever it might be, a centralized database could be edited. It could be corruptible. It could be what, again, it does not necessarily have to be some sort of fraudulent thing. Someone's going in there, but let's say there is a virus on their servers and it just ends up corrupting that whole file. That whole central system could be brought down. And every now and then you can see you'll go to uh, one of these major websites or whatever it is, and you're trying to access your account or your information and you just can't get to it. It's because that is centrally located. So once that server is down, all of the data, everything, the ledger is at that point susceptible. It is vulnerable to either altering or it is vulnerable to just being lost altogether because it is centrally located. Unlike a Web3 situation with the blockchain where there's these different validators, if you will, all over the globe, scattered across, they don't know each other, they're interacting. So in order for these transactions to go through on the ledger, if you will, to make an edit to say whatever happened, it has to confirm with multiple different computers, multiple different sources that are independent from one another. There is no benefit for uh, a party over in Singapore to collude with someone in Philadelphia and then also collude with someone down in Buenos Aires or something like that. These are three 
different parties spread out all over the globe. And they're just much more than that. I'm just trying to simplify it. And random strangers, they don't necessarily even know who's going to process it and how this is all going to work out. So it is very hard to fake these records on the blockchain. So just imagine if a car record or a car maintenance or anything like the VIN number was on the blockchain and is scattered across the globe. No matter where that vehicle goes, whether it is sold in North America, it is sold in South America, shipped to the Caribbean, to Europe, it does not matter because that VIN number is going to be tracked from the source of origin from, let's say, the Ford dealership in North America. And then it's going to go all over the world. It's going to be sold, resold, put on shipping containers and all these different things. But if this was a Web3 record of that VIN being traveled all over the place, it does not matter. It does not matter where you can access that blockchain. It can all go in there. So how this perfectly fits with an NFT is just like a vehicle that is being shipped literally around the world because it has its utility, it has its uh, purpose. And while it's being shipped, there's going to be photographs that are representative of that vehicle itself to say this is what's coming, the record, the maintenance, and all these different things that are associated with a vehicle that is really no different from an NFT because when you are going through with these various transactions that are on the record and everything with these NFTs, it does not matter if it is on OpenSea, if it is on another exchange for that matter, or being sent peer to peer, if it is being sold or whatever it might be, this record, it is out there and it is absolutely visible for everyone to see. And that is what gives these things value in the sense that we know that it could be trusted. There is no copying and pasting as if this is just a JPEG. Sure, with an automobile, you can copy and paste and say, yes, this is the vehicle I'm selling. And you can send that out to multiple people. But at the end of the day, what it is really attached to, the actual value, the utility is that specific vehicle with its unique identifying VIN number, its history and the utility of it is actually being able to physically get into it and move the people and things around the world that you want to move. So hopefully it really helps you to explain because I know on a daily basis, I come into contact with someone anytime I mention NFTs or what it is that I do that I have the podcast or I collect NFTs or whatever. People are always hesitant. They want to know, well, you know, I don't get this whole thing with why these people are buying these photographs. And many times I should say people are almost sarcastic in their approach as if like they already know that this is a joke. So it does take some patience. However, I made this episode for people that might need something to send out to a friend or a family member to really explain what it is that we are into. And this episode, short, condensed to the point, just gives an analogy that I think most people should be able to get. And if you found this interesting and there's things that you would like to hear more about as far as outside of the scope of these episodes, I do have niftybusinessweek.com, which is where I release the newsletter, which is actually coming out on Thursday. So signing up for that will give you various stories and just a little bit more bonus, if you will, content that is not necessarily covered on these episodes and that is absolutely free. The information will be in the show notes. So as usual, I want to thank you for taking this time for listening to this episode and supporting the show. And I look forward to the next one. So later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.